Today we are talking about the ultimate dinner. Uh, in our series of Meals with Jesus, this is the last meal before the world is changed. It's a huge topic. And let's pray before we start. Dear Father, let us feel the excitement and sadness of sitting down with Jesus for his last meal before his death. Amen. So we've been looking at Jesus works when things go wrong. And uh, if you haven't heard this story before, I'll give you a recap. The Last Supper happens on the evening of Jesus being betrayed by his friends, or by his friend, uh, and then who goes on to be hung on a tree for no rightful reason. Because we as humans uh, got things wrong. People were jealous, worried and angry with Jesus, not because he did anything wrong, because he did nothing wrong. So let's set the scene. The story takes place the evening before Jesus gets arrested. So what stories have we looked at so far this summer? Mary and Martha, the feeding of the 5,000, a few slices of bread and fish that fed so many people. The disciples got to witness all of this. Um, and I'm going to give you a minute to chat to the people you are with. Uh, maybe two. Um, what do you think the disciples saw? In the whole time that they were with Jesus, what might the disciples have seen Jesus do so far? Off you go. Right then, we're going to send a microphone round. Super. We're going to send a microphone round. We need five answers. What Five things that the disciples saw Jesus do. If you answer first, they're easier. Preaching. Preaching. Preaching, yep. absolutely. This doesn't reflect very well on you, James. They made blind to see and um, fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fishes. That was quite remarkable, right? Performing miracles. Miracles. Absolutely. I'm back again. He turned water to wine at the wedding. He did indeed. Turned water to wine. We've got one, two more. Healing. Healings, yes. Walking on the water. Walking, Walking on the water. Good one. Walking on water. We call it that. I'm sure you had loads more um, in your group. Can we see so if the transept have got Of anything? course you can. He slept, wept. He slept and wept, yes. Indeed. He fed the leprosy. <laughs> he healed someone of leprosy, didn't he? That's absolutely right. Okay. Super. So healing, miracles, multiplying food. It was only last, or a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about 5,000 people being fed with a couple of bits of bread. That There was more bread left at the end when everyone had been fed. Um, so let's hope that, that today with our communion that we've got bread left over. So I'm going to read the story um, and it's going to come up on the screens behind me. Um, so feel free to read along and we're going to stop a few times along the way. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, also called Passover, drew near. The high priest and the religion scholars were looking for a way to get Jesus, but fearful of the people. They were also looking for a way to cover their tracks. That's when Satan entered Jesus, uh, sorry, Judas, the one called Iscariot. 
He was one of the twelve disciples, leaving the others. Judas conferred with the high priests and the temple guards about how he might betray Jesus to them. They couldn't believe their good luck and agreed to pay him well. He gave them his word and started looking for a way to betray Jesus. But out of sight of the crowd, so they're moving to verse 14 now. When it was time, he sat down. All the disciples with him and said, you've no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this meal with you. Before I enter my time of suffering, it's the last one I'll eat, and until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. Just imagine hearing this from one of your friends. So all of a sudden you're a fisherman, you're a tax collector, the dreaded tax collector, um, and you follow this man Jesus, and you're sat at this dinner table and he says, this is the last meal I'll have with you before I die. That would come as quite a shock. But it shouldn't, really, because Jesus has told them this time and time again, at least three times, um, they didn't believe him. In Matthew 16, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day raised to life. And how did the disciples react? Well, Peter, the one Jesus loved, took him to one side and said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. I love the disciples, but they genuinely make me feel so much better as a Christian when I'm failing, when I don't do things wrong, when I'm reading stories of people who in the morning got to see 5,000 people fed with a couple of loaves of bread or a couple of bits of bread. And then in the afternoon, they spend the afternoon arguing amongst them who was the greatest of them. It just makes me feel a little bit better about my failings. Verse 17, taking the cup, Jesus blessed it and said, take this and pass it among you. As for me, I'll not drink wine again until the kingdom of God arrives. Taking bread, which we'll do later, he blessed it, broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Eat it in memory of me. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper, saying, the cup is a new covenant written in my blood, blood poured out for you. Friends, do you realise that the hand of the one who is betraying me at, the, uh, at this moment is on this table? It's true that the Son of Man is going down a path already marked out, and this comes as no surprise, or it shouldn't have come as a surprise. Verse 23, the disciples immediately began, uh, became suspicious of each other and began quizzing another, wondering who it might be that was about to do this. So the Last Supper. I've been challenged this week by a book that we've been reading that goes along with the series that we're looking at, Meals with Jesus. And it was a question that was aimed at teenagers that I was looking at, and it, it said, what did Jesus want his followers to keep doing? All I can think of is that he didn't want them arguing with each other about who was going to betray him. I feel like I've been reminded this week of, of Tim dressed in a wig uh, up here be, being Mary and, um, and myself being Martha. And we had a, a lesson that week talking about priorities. And I don't think Jesus wanted in this moment, this meal that he'd been looking forward to with all of his friends, the night before everything would happen, that he would want them arguing amongst themselves. I think he would have been frustrated that this big dinner that they were looking forward to has now moved on to this as conversation. 
What did Jesus want his followers to keep doing? Not this. We have here a story of Jesus' final meal with his friends. And at the end of the movie, at the big sort of finale scene, the whole thing that has been leading up to, they've seen so many things happen. And on the eve, instead of asking Jesus their final questions, instead of trying to work out what was about to happen, this is what they were talking about. Jesus told his friends he was about to die and each time uh, they said that they either didn't believe him or they got distracted by something else. Jesus wanted his friends to remember what they'd seen, what had changed, the miracles, the healing. Because in reality, they were the ones that were about to go out and change the world. They were the ones that were about to go out and tell people of him. Jesus would help. He would send a guide but these now 11 would go into the world telling people about him. Remember what we know and what Jesus said. This, is his, this was his friend's last opportunity to be with Jesus. And this was what they were talking about. And instead of thinking through what Jesus was saying, they were worrying about themselves. It's not me. I promise it wouldn't be me. I wouldn't do that. And our reminder from Mary and Martha a few weeks ago is when Jesus is speaking, when Jesus is in the house, when we want to hear from God, we should sit and listen. So Charlie, how do I do that? Practically, how does that happen? Let's get into practicalities this morning. I love when you hear a, a practical example and you can go, oh, I'm gonna try that. Three things that we can try. Um, give thanks when we eat. This might be something that you do anyway. Make one meal of your day, every single day. You don't eat that meal until you've said a prayer, until you've lifted something to God, until you've said thanks. You might go a bit cold, but um, it's, it's absolutely something that, that, that we've done and found really helpful. Um, don't just listen here. Since I got married, I realized I'm not very good at listening. I, list, I try to listen as, as much as I do, um, but listening is one of the, the skills that, that I've, I've struggled with. I might be busy, I might be on my phone, I might be watching something, and my wife will say something to me and I respond. I can't remember what I've said, I can't remember what she's said, because I'm not giving it my full attention. Um, and I'm assuming, assuming there's some people that are agreeing with what's going on here. Um, but it's not just about listening to someone, it's about hearing what they say. Um, especially when we're talking about Jesus. Um, stop, sit down and listen. Don't do something whilst you're doing something else because you'll miss it. God can speak in really quiet uh, tones sometimes. And I think it's almost to make you want to listen a little bit more. Just prick your ears up. And then finally, prayer time is so often filled with us talking. When I stand at the front and I say, I'm going to pray now, I talk. Conversation with God means it's both ways. And we need to spend a bit more time being quiet and listening and giving God the opportunity to speak back. So what I'd love you to do this week is say the following sentence. Lord, do you have anything to say to me today? And sit and listen and see what happens. Do you know what? If one person comes back next week and says to me, this is what God said to me, that's the creator of the world the way maker, the keeper of promises, and he's come back and told one of us something. Now imagine what happens if we all listen. 
and if we all do it, and we come back next week, and there's a hundred different things that God has told us, I'd, I'd just challenge you to come back to me next week and see what happens.